0: My guest today is Bonnie Titone. Bonnie is the Chief Information Officer of Duke Energy, one of the largest energy providers in the United States with revenues in excess of $24 billion annually. As CIO, she's responsible for the traditional IT functions such as operations and delivery. She also oversees the company's digital transformation, which is focused on delivering cleaner energy systems that are more distributed and mobile in nature. Prior to joining Duke Energy, Bonnie was the Vice President of Products and Enterprise Platforms at Pacific Gas and Electric Company. In this interview, we discuss how Duke Energy uses data, as well as an overview of Lighthouse, the company's enterprise digital transformation program. We also discuss how Duke Energy's people-focused approach towards digital transformation helped set the company up well to deal with COVID, and how the pandemic has accelerated the digital and technology transformation for the company. Lastly, we discuss Bonini's view on the state of women in technology, how artificial intelligence and other technologies can be used to modernize the energy sector and a variety of other topics. Before we get to our interview, I wanted to introduce you to our sponsor, Zoho, and the company's president, Timothy Casby. Prior to taking on his current role, he was the chief information officer of a number of companies, including Reliance Industries, Sears, Intrexon, and the Warehouse Group. He's now at Zoho, a most unusual enterprise software company, and wanted
1: to share some perspectives from it. Timothy, take it away. Peter, you keep calling us an unusual enterprise software company. I think we should talk about that a bit. Yes, we have not borrowed a single dollar from a VC or a bank and ended up bootstrapping our way to multi-billion dollar SaaS business with over 60 million enterprise users. That itself is unusual for a tech company. But the principle that have kept us from accepting VC term sheets are simple. We believe all our employees should have good night's sleep each night, be it month-end, quarter-end, or year-end. To enable this principle, we have stayed private and have not dipped into public money. We don't believe in debt and discourage anyone from getting in one. A good night's sleep has its premium. Yes, we believe in good night's sleep and eating healthy foods. That's why we leave money on the table. It comes from our principle of eating healthy food. Just because there is food on the table, we don't believe it's healthy to eat it all. Therefore, any product we market, be it CRM, Sign, Helpdesk, and 100 others, these will be many multiples cheaper than our nearest competitor. And it comes from the principle of leaving money on the table. Find out more about our unusual enterprise company at Zoho.com.
0: Thanks, Timothy. I also wanted to share a quick message from our sponsor, Sykes. Sykes is a leading provider of multi-channel demand generation and customer engagement services, helping Global 2000 companies enhance touch points at every stage of the customer journey. To share some perspectives, I'll briefly turn it over to Ian Barkin, the company's chief strategy and marketing officer.
2: Customers don't want and don't deserve a new normal. They deserve and want a better normal. At Sykes, we know this because we spend over 3 billion minutes a year listening to and serving customers of the world's leading brands. And with that much listening, you can't help but know what delights, what infuriates, and what drives customer behaviors and decisions. So what is a better normal? We believe it's the delivery of a truly intelligent customer experience. The call to action has never been clearer for CIOs, CTOs, and the broader C-suite. New is not enough, and the time for tinkering has passed. The winning combination of technology, talent, and customer insight is how to create intelligent customer experiences and a truly better normal. To read more about intelligent customer experiences, check out Sykes.com forward slash ICX. Thanks, Ian. And now on to our interview. Bonnie Titan,
0: welcome to uh, Technovation. It's great to speak with you today.
3: Hi, Peter. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, it's a pleasure. Well, Bonnie, I thought we'd begin with your role. You are the Chief Information Officer of Duke Energy. Uh, and as CIO roles differ at least a little bit across different companies, maybe you can take a moment and describe your purview as CIO
3: yeah I'd love to you know Duke Energy is one of the largest energy providers in the u s. We provide electricity to about seven point eight million customers and across six states and gas to about one point six million customers in five states. And you know it's never been a more exciting time to be in the energy energy industry because uh, we're transforming. and we think Duke is is leading the way on that transformation. and you know we're working towards really aggressive targets to reduce our carbon. And implemented a digital strategy, and we're meeting customer needs with new and in interesting ways and innovative ways. And we're also a top U.S. Renewer, uh, renewable energy provider. And you know, I've spent the past 23 years of my IT career across many industries, from hospitality to financial services and automotive, and most recently with utilities. Uh, in many facets of IT, from operations to delivery to product management, and and digital transformation. And I think all of that is kind of molded and prepared me to take the role here at Duke as CIO for a little over the past year. I would say the purview is is threefold for me. It's the traditional IT functions like operations and delivery and the digital transformation, which is focused on delivering cleaner energy system that's more distributed and mobile in nature and intelligent. And I think you know, for us, for me growing the IT teammates, uh, like most companies employees are, the biggest asset we have is we take this transformation journey and shifting the employees to meet the needs uh, and doing that at a scale is pretty imperative. So some laser focused on the shaping that workforce and the culture that ultimately drives the innovation and uh, maintains the agility that we need uh, in this digital era. So, As my role evolves, which is the best part of what I do, I get to take the learnings from my previous roles and continue to learn the business and explore how we can make it better, uh, collaborating with the business units to determine how technology will enable a company and enable our long-term strategy.
0: That's great, Bonnie. Thank you for that overview. You mentioned uh, that, that part of what, what uh, the company is bringing to life is that intelligence. And I, c- I have to imagine that there is a, a data and a digital component to it that you and your team get involved in. Can you uh, talk a little bit further about some of the aspects of how you bring that to life?
3: Sure. Digital transformation and data, I think, are the, are the two key components um, from a transformation perspective perspective. Uh, I would say it's in the spotlight more than ever, and not just because of COVID and the fact that there's so much reliance now on technology as, as resources work from home, but because of just the pace in which technology innovation and digitization just is driving within the market. And, you know, I think we at Duke recognized pretty early on that technology was foundational, uh, not only to our business, but also to how we drive our operations at every level of the company. And it's it's no longer a nice to have, back in we enabled an enterprise digital uh, transformation program, which we call Lighthouse. And it basically built uh, an innovation hub to scale those practices across the entire company, not just IT. And that framework kind of allowed the IT department to partner with our business to drive innovation and ensure transformations ingrained in, in our core. And it's part of everything we do now at the core of our company. I would say The data is probably the other piece of that. Uh, That is such a huge uh, valuable commodity in the market today, specifically as it relates to the digital economy. And and I think with analytics and tools and technology like artificial intelligence and machine learning capabilities, we're finding new ways to drive innovation, manage the grid and and make smart decisions. Uh, Things like drones and sensors and smart meters and cameras all of those are just generating this massive amount of data that gives us competitive insight and helps us to evolve just beyond what people see as the traditional utility. Uh, I think I think there's three main areas there around our assets, our operations, and ultimately the experience that we create for the customer. I think as it relates to assets, we're using that technology and data to identify issues like at power plants before they even happen and perform predictive maintenance. This could be things as sensors on a lot of our equipment, like a turbine or a generator or a transformer, where you know we previously had to pull those out of operation and do it on a, some sort of set schedule when something wasn't working properly, which can be really costly because you're essentially potentially doing work that may not be necessary. I think if you take that coupled with the historical data, you get to the point where you can proactively make repairs uh, to our facilities and only when they're necessary. I think, as it relates to just operations in general, uh, our grid's complex, and the the, you know the energy grid requires innovation, right, and capabilities. And as we just add more distributed resources, so think of things like solar, wind, or battery. As we add those to the grid, we use machine learning and AI to be able to protect project demand. Uh, enable mobility for our field workers, and ultimately optimize the output of our grid. Uh, so think of things like we detect outages on the system and reroute power to our customers to maintain reliability. And as these systems learn and understand uh, more about the outages and how to rewrite, it just gets smarter and faster over the over the course of time. And all of that goes uh, into our customer experience, right? With, with meters, smart meters in people's homes, on appliances, Mobile apps using all of this data, you know. I think from that perspective, it helps us better manage communications. Uh, it gives us the most information on um, our outages are prone on our power lines, and we move them underground if there's the, those. Those are telling us that, and it, it allows us to share insights with our customers on. How they're even using their energy, write down almost the appliance that they're using, the times they're using it, uh, and how that equates to cost. So helping them manage their cost and and keep their usage to a minimum when they can.
0: That's a great overview. Thank you, thank you, Bonnie. I, I want to um, h- home in for a moment on this notion of Lighthouse, uh, the innovation hub, mm-hmm. and some of the, fra- as you put it, frameworks for innovation, better opportunities for IT and the rest of the organization to partner. Um, can you talk a bit about how the evolution of IT as it becomes a source of and a partner to the rest of the organization from an innovation perspective, the kinds of roles or skills that you've looked for or, or grown within the organization in order to deliver many of the innovative things you've just described.
3: Yeah, you know, I think as as we're thinking about the roles and the skill sets I mentioned before, kind of workforce agility and, you know, kind of our, our people being our biggest asset, you know, we've seen where there's skills such as software engineering and data and analytics Things of that nature, we've gone to market and brought in some, some really smart people as it relates to that and we're pairing them with our existing workforce to help them drive what that, um, what that technology can help us deliver in the future. And you know, we think you have to take your, your employee assets and you know get upskill them, cross-skill them, give them opportunities to learn. Um, but partnering them with people from the from the outside that we've brought in allows us to kind of build this, this technology bench with some really uh, specific tools, tool sets and uh, things that'll help us enable the future of of our technology and and the delivery to our organization.
0: Very very interesting. And um, I know you've you've, uh, put a lot of thought into how people best work together. And uh, obviously that's taken a different complexion during the course of the pandemic. I believe you and I are both taking this from our homes, for instance, and no doubt many of your colleagues are also working from home these days. Talk a little bit about you know what you've learned over the course of the past uh, six ish months, um, and what you've sort some of some of what you believe might be the the learnings that you carry forward even when we reach some sort of new kind of normalcy, whatever form that might take.
3: Yeah, I think pre pandemic, you know, while well, while well, the transformation efforts I would say initially started uh, in the traditional technology area, it's truly. Begun to permeate across the entire business and all of our operations. You know, when we think about collaboration and you know digital transformation, um, we we think that bringing those kind of cross-functional teammates together that bring different skills and perspectives. Uh, allows us to create and embrace you know, new tools, new ways of thinking, new ways of working. And, you know, I think if you think about our innovation hub that we created, we set that space up specifically to, to drive that and, and deliver that collaboration. And we're focused on, you know, identifying, de- deploying digital solutions, uh, when they're needed the most and where they're needed the most. You know, I think as I was talking before, as we're thinking about our, our teammates and the skills and how we want to reskill them, you know, exposing them to these new ways to solve problems and, you know, focusing them on the problems and using these tools and technologies to think differently on how you even go about determining what the problem is, solving what the problem is. We think that collaboration is is really the, the game changer and the differentiator. And as I think about how we're preparing employees for that technology change, we're using tools such as Udemy that gives us courses by experts that cover various topics from development to transformation to design. You know, we're using some of the traditional manners too, like information sessions and formal hands-on training classes, mm-hmm. instructional videos, things of that nature, depending on the scope and the nature of the change. But you know, I think all in all, we're, we're really just trying to give people exposure to different ways of working and they can take that back into their traditional day, day-to-day activities and use those practices uh, and permeate that across the organization as a whole. I think as it relates to pan, the pandemic, so that was pre-pandemic, I think when you start to think about post-pandemic, you know, that whole people-focused approach to our digital transformation, I think it's, it's set us up really well for the transition, if you will, to, to the situation we're working in now, which is remote. And You know, I think our teammates are more skilled than ever as it relates to the technology, you know, just need to do it in order to continue to operate every day and and think about how you're going to get the work done when you're not in that traditional setting. So seeing them leverage that technology in new ways now just in a remote manner and tapping into those learning and practices has been really great to see uh, how it continues to drive the productivity of the company. Uh, I think the foundational work we're doing uh, within IT that led up to this pandemic uh, helped us in a massive way between the infrastructure that we put in place and some of the cloud technology decisions that we made allowed us to have thousands of employees kind of working in this remote manner really effectively. So you know, I think the pandemic, like most people say, has accelerated that transformation and uh, I think it now created new questions on how does technology play into this in the future and how do you not only just maintain your operations and and safeguard against kind of unforeseen future disruptions but you know how do we use that to serve our customers and keep our you know I think we're going to keep reinventing uh, as it relates to it in this space you know with our teammates and our business partners Uh, we'll continue to evolve uh, as we work through this.
0: Yeah, that's really, it's interesting you say that, Bonnie, the the increase in demand for digital and an increased appreciation, frankly, for the work that great leaders like yourself have been doing for years, not as though you were preparing for this. No one could have fully been aware what, what was uh, afoot as 2019 became 2020. But it really, um, it's interesting to hear you, as so many others have said, this digital acceleration that's happening. And you see now, uh, to a much greater extent, you know, um, uh, IT leaders being asked to join boards, or IT leaders, you know, expanding their responsibilities much more broadly as as it's re- recognizing this is now such an important center for uh for for opportunity for organizations more generally speaking. Yeah, it's interesting. And I, one other thing I wanted to talk to you about, Bonnie, is um, you, you know, you are a uh, a female CIO, a growing sorority of of CIOs uh, who are women, and. I wonder if you could reflect for a moment about sort of the state of women in technology, so to say. Um, It's it's so great to see. I know you know as it seems like a great number of other people that I'm seeing and and interviewing um, are women. That there have been great gains that have been made in recent years. But I wonder if you could sort of reflect on on where things stand from your perspective.
3: Yeah, I'd love to on on that particular point. I think just tech in general, right, continues to evolve, which is so great to see, especially for somebody like me who's been in tech for my whole career. And you know, I think is it's, it's definitely becoming more of a diverse field um, for people who can innovate and leaders. And it's just awesome to see that uh, there's a lot of talented women now within the tech industry. And I think just their drive and the partnership across the, the not only just the utilities, but the industries as a whole. And just that competence that that female leaders are bringing is just awesome to see. And I think, you know, we're, Making from a woman perspective in tech, we're making really significant contributions, and we have for decades. uh, I'm just glad to see it's now being noticed, and we're making really good strides uh, towards a more diverse and inclusive workforce. You know, I think while IT has historically been a male-dominated industry, I've definitely seen over my tenure that that tide is turning, and companies like Duke Energy really appreciate and celebrate that that diversity. And, you know, I think we should reflect the diverse community, communities that we serve and kind of maximizing that equal opportunities for everybody. So I think the challenges of the future just get more and more complex and are critical to the success of solving them is this diverse skill set, diverse perspectives, diverse backgrounds. So, you know, I think the tech industry is a really awesome place to be right now. We need to continue to bring um, in more women and minorities into the space.
0: Yeah, well said. Um, as you look to the future and even up a, a post-pandemic future after after we do again reach some sort of new normalcy, are there certain technologies that particularly excite you that are beginning to make their way on your, your roadmap? Bonnie, we talked about a number of trends, but wondering if there are any others you'd like to highlight.
3: Sure. I mean I think we from a Duke perspective right our mission is a, a smarter energy future for our customers and our communities and you know I think you know modernizing of our grid and generating cleaner energy and expanding our gas infrastructure are all efforts to kind of transform our customer experience and for me, all of that relies on digital capabilities and technology and, and modernization is one of those trends that really excites me. You know, I think as I think about modernizing Duke's tech portfolio and our footprint, this is everything from systems of records to systems of differentiation to how we innovate. And I think... You know, leveraging event-driven architecture and microservices and cloud, I think are going to play a major role in our ability to empower, enable us to do this innovation and, frankly, integrate so that we can create new products and services to meet those goals. So, modernization is definitely something that excites me. And I think along with that comes kind of the future of AI, right? I think we're just at the... Uh, tipping point of, of where I, AI really starts to drive um, change within our industry. And we're, we're, we're doing it in quite a few facets. You know, things like, you know, transitioning to our renewable energy and predicting kind of solar panel faults and uh, preventing power outages and giving customers insight into their energy usage. And things of, all those things are using this uh, AI, t- AI type machine learning type technology. And I just, I think there's so much more that we can go as it relates to that. I think you couple that with kind of data and analytics, right? Because there's, I talked about, there's so many solutions out there that if you could just harness and process and analyze all the data that you have, um, those really, there's, you could drive significant intelligence out of that uh, and move to start to move towards more deep learning and you know really leveraging other technologies. So I think those two things coupled together along with something specific in the utility industry, I would say, is electric vehicles. Uh, they will potentially be a game changer for our industry. So if you think about distributed networks and flexible storage and you know, our ability to maintain reliability and, and decarbonize our grid, uh, those are real um, significant areas that excite me about where the future of technology is going.
0: And brings together a couple of different experiences from your your present and past between the energy industry and the automotive industry. Absolutely. I, you have more than a rooting interest uh, in this stuff since you've been immersed in both.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, I continue to root for both the utility and the, and the automotive industry. So seeing them come together and kind of have this partnership around this is, is really a collision of my worlds, which is great to see.
0: That's fantastic. Well, Bonnie Titone, it's been great to speak with you today. Thank you so much for sharing your perspectives across a diverse array of uh, areas that you and your team are impacting uh, not only your business, but your customers' experience as well. So thank you so much for a great conversation.
3: Yeah, I appreciate you having me, Peter. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Please join me on Thursday when my guest will be Nick Vandeveer, the Chief Executive Officer of ThoughtTrace.